Faring Pharmaceuticals Incorporated would like for our today podcast listeners to know that during these unprecedented times, Faring Pharmaceuticals remains committed to supporting the ASRM community. The Reproductive Medicine and Maternal Health COVID-19 Resource Portal provides a single site with up-to-date resources concerning COVID-19 and its impact in reproductive medicine and maternal health. Global in scope, the Resource Center is designed to provide access to the latest guidelines and insights on a single platform, including patient support, webinars and podcasts, medical publications, and links to additional organization guidance and updates. Go to re.faring.com backslash COVID-19 for everything you need to know about COVID-19. Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Today on the show, we have the pleasure of discussing the intersection of reproductive health and psychological health with Dr. Sylvia Fox. Dr. Fox graduated with honors with a doctorate in clinical psychology from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, has over 25 years experience working in the mental health field, and offers the full range of emotional support services, including counseling, coaching, consulting, mind-body programs, and third-party evaluations for those in the greater Chicago region and beyond. Dr. Fox, thank you for being on ASRM today. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on and thanks for highlighting the uh, role of mental health and psychological well-being in reproductive medicine. Always an important topic. You were so kind to send us uh, initially when we were discussing about you coming on the show. You sent a very nice packet that helped sort of give a great overview about reproductive health and psychological health, and that's where I want to start today. Can you tell listeners a little bit about how did the field of psychology enter the field of reproductive health? So really, psychology had something to say about uh, reproductive health probably since reproductive medicine started being a thing, except that psychology didn't always have the right thing to say. In the 1930s, 1940s, it was en vogue to say things like fertility is caused by unresolved psychological conflict. So really the more relevant psychological thought emerged in the late 1970s and 1980s with the recognition that the intersection of psychology and reproduction is not that some unconscious drive affects our fertility, but that our reproduction and reproductive difficulties and reproductive trauma affect our mental health and affect our psychological well-being. And with that recognition, along with the growth in reproductive medicine and the development of new techniques, that it became very clear that the two disciplines need to have a dialogue and need to work together. So in 1986, the Mental Health Professional Group of the American Society of Reproductive Medicine was formed. It started out with a very small group of psychologists. Since then, it has grown to be the largest uh, professional group within ASRM. It now has more than 600 members. And 
we practice in just about every area of mental health that is related to reproduction, to fertility, to family building. It's interesting. You mentioned the word trauma. This word has come up often in the literature mm-hmm. uh, that, that I was reading to prepare for this interview today. Uh, but another word also came up, and this was the concept of grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, normally we compare grief really with death. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. So, you know, how how does this concept of grief apply to reproductive psychological health? You know, I'm so glad that you're starting with with the idea that we equate grief with death, because that is one of the main sources of pain for fertility patients, because you are right. Most of us think you grieve when someone dies. What is there to grieve when you go through reproductive challenges or when you go through reproductive trauma, unless there, of course, is a child, let's say, who died. But much of the the reproductive journey is not filled with actual death. What is hard for people to understand, and one of the reasons we talk about fertility grief as disenfranchised grief or as silent grief, is that it's not recognized as such or as the real thing by patients' families, by patients' friends, and really not even many times by medical professionals. Because many times people will say, well, what, what what is the loss here? You haven't yet started seriously trying. You still have much treatment ahead of you. Or why are you grieving? This was a chemical pregnancy, not a real pregnancy. What's there to mourn? And I think that what we know as psychologists is that grief is not just the pain of a an actual real loss. We grieve imagined losses. We grieve anticipated losses. All of us, we, we don't distinguish in our minds necessarily between what has already happened and what we imagined might happen soon. So for fertility patients, what that means is that many times they grieve the possibility that they may not ever have a child. They grieve the dream of the child they thought they were going to have and that it turns out to not be because maybe it's conceived in a way different than they thought they were going to conceive it with help from third-party reproduction techniques or from uh, assisted reproduction. They grieve the journey. They grieve the innocence they lost. They grieve the fact that unlike their friends, they can't just come in and announce to the world, hey, we're pregnant, and then be kind of naively expecting a baby to come nine months later. They approach this path with pain and hurt and a lost innocence. So that is in and of itself a a source of grief. But in addition to that, the process of fertility treatment or reproductive treatment is in and of itself one that robs you of pieces of your life and pieces of who you are. And because of that, there's additional sources of loss and there's additional sources of pain. So you lose control over your life in so many ways. 
you lose a, a sense of your identity. You don't have a sense of yourself as uh, a man or of a woman in the way you imagined you'd be. You feel damaged, you feel inadequate, you feel imperfect. You lose control over your future. You don't know where things are going to be. You don't know what's going to happen. You lose control over your body and, and, and your sex life. You lose control over your social life. Grief is probably the central emotional experience of someone who is struggling on the psychological side with reproductive treatment. And it sounds like a lot of this too falls into that tangible, non-tangible sort of category because it's it's a delicate thing with patients. Have you looked at ASRM member benefits lately? ASRM is consistently adding value for physicians and other professionals in the field of reproductive medicine. Boost your career with access to ASRM's cutting-edge journals, free continuing education credits, access to ASRM QBoost, discounts on the annual Congress, and so much more. To learn more about the benefits of ASRM membership, visit www.asrm.org. Is, is there an example that, that you have found, uh, a hypothetical example of, of talking to a patient about tangible things versus non-tangible things in relation to trauma or grief or loss? Well, I, th- I think... Patients tend to feel so validated when you actually blur the line and allow the line between tangible and intangible to be less sharp than it is delineated by society or by kind of our perception in reality. Because there is more recognition of tangible losses. If you've had a miscarriage, there still is stigma around miscarriage. There still is a lot, of, a lot of silence around pregnancy loss. There still is a lot of awkwardness and and helplessness on the part of other people when there's a neonatal birth loss. But it still, it's a loss that's more likely to be recognized. It's the intangible losses that no one talks about. I remember once uh, a client of mine saying, um, you know, when someone dies, everybody brings you a casserole. I've had all these failed IVF cycles and nobody ever brought me a casserole. Where's my casserole? So you, you've, your own personal journey then has, has sort of been reflected in this. If you don't mind my asking, is, is so you've, you've gone through the reproductive options and they have or have not worked? So, so my journey is kind of a, a little bit turned around from the typical journey of those of us who work in this field. Very often mental health professionals, as other professionals who work in the field of reproductive medicine, have become interested in this because of their own personal experience. In my case, it was the other way around. I actually uh, was training in psychology, finishing up my doctorate in psychology, doing my internship in psychology at a large hospital in Chicago, planning to be a generalist, but with an interest in grief and loss and coping. And I was assigned to the fertility clinic, which was at the time one of the few fertility centers that had what we call an embedded mental health professional, an in-house psychologist. 
And under her mentorship, I started working there. I thought, oh, this is so interesting. There's not a lot of psychologists in the field. There's not a lot of literature. There's not a lot of research yet. This would be a great topic for a doctoral dissertation. So I ended up doing my research on this and looking at coping as it relates to fertility. And then as I was finishing up my dissertation and already decided, you know, this is a perfect match for my interest in grief and loss and coping and all this. This is what I want to practice. Then my husband and I started trying to build our own family and to our surprise found that uh, we have fertility issues ourselves. What's interesting to me about this is that it taught me that even though I thought I knew so much about reproduction, about fertility, certainly about coping with infertility, I had written my dissertation on that after all, still, I was completely unprepared emotionally for how brutal the, this experience can be. And I bring this lesson to my patients all the time. The other thing that I learned in my own journey was that it's really important to talk to someone, obviously. It's a very lonely experience. It's very isolating. It's hard to remember that there are others in this world who experience this the same way you do. But more importantly than just talking to someone, it's important that you talk to someone who understands the field. Because it's so medically complicated and it is so, it has so much of an interaction with a medicine. You really have to come to this as a therapist with an understanding of both the psychology, but also of the technology, the medicine, and the legal issues that are part of reproductive health. Yeah, it can get, as they say, into the weeds, you know, once, yes. you, once you get in there. I'm talking with Dr. Sylvia Fox today about reproductive psychology and reproductive health, and she was just sharing some of her uh, own experience with us, and thank you so much for, for sharing that. The ASRM would like to invite you to save the dates for the ASRM 2021 Scientific Congress and Expo to be held October 17th through the 20th in Baltimore, Maryland. The 2021 Congress and Expo will kick off with the ASRM President's Gala, followed by three full days of live, in-person plenaries, symposia, interactive sessions, roundtables, and a robust exhibit hall. At the conclusion of the live Congress, on-demand offerings of select sessions will become available through the end of December 2021. Registration opens soon, so look for an email from us in your inbox. I want to ask about some current treatment options. Uh, uh, what what are some current treatment options for people who uh, experience and struggle with uh, the trauma or loss uh, of infertility or, or the trauma or loss of pregnancy? There are a lot of options out there. First of all, when you look at individual counseling or, or individual work, there is a breadth of techniques and therapy styles that lend themselves very effectively to fertility counseling and that have been proven to help and relieve patients of what often 
are clinical levels of anxiety and depression that they come to us with. So these days, many of the of the techniques and theories we employ draw from what we call the third wave of cognitive behavioral therapy. So they're cognitive behavioral therapies, but often with an introduction of mindfulness, with an introduction of relationship pieces. So some of the some of the therapies you're going to hear about are going to be cognitive behavioral therapy itself, but also ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, compassion-focused therapy, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, schema therapy. And then there's styles that, uh, for example, that again lend themselves beautifully to working with fertility patients, like narrative therapy, which is based on the idea that your fertility story is a story. And that it is, first of all, a story that doesn't get to be heard and that you have lived in a very lonely way, but also one that shapes how you feel and that you can reshape in order to feel differently. A lot of these techniques, what a lot of these uh, therapies have in common is that they are focused on coping, they are focused on solutions, they are typically brief, they are often flexible, they are not your grandmother's psychotherapy and they really work very well and very effectively and then in addition to that of course you have group therapy approaches and couples therapy approaches that are very effective with patients and and before because we're we're running short on time and and i always hate when that happens because i feel like we're just getting going so i so i have one more question for you Mm -hmm. are there any resources for reproductive health providers to give patients who are struggling with all of these things that we're discussing, these reproductive traumas, this, this, this grief, are there just some, you know, website resources or, you know, literature resources that you can recommend? Absolutely. The first destination that I would send my patients to would be the Mental Health Professional Group of ASRM. So you go on the American Society for Reproductive Medicine website and you go to the Mental Health Professional Group and there's a wealth of resources there that include a directory of uh, mental health professional group providers who are specifically trained in this field. And resources, literature, research articles that are all vetted and scientific and reliable that we can recommend patients. So that would be the first place I would go. The other place I would go to would be Resolve, which is the National Support Group for Fertility Patients. That often, again, has valid, reliable, solid information. These days, it's very important that patients be directed to information that is based on science. And given that there are a lot of other sources of information out there that promote data that's not necessarily backed by science or research that can either be harmful or waste patients' time. So those will be the first two places that I would send my patients to. And we will be, of course, happy to put that in our show notes for our listeners so that they can now go ahead and access those links while they listen to the program or maybe right after they listen to the program, we hope. 
I've been speaking today with Dr. Sylvia Fox. This has been an absolute pleasure. And I hope we can have you back on soon because I feel like we've just cracked the the barely the, the little bit of the egg. And I and I think that we need to to get a little more in depth with it when we have a little bit more time. But but thank you, thank you so much for taking time out today to come to come talk to us. Thank you so much, Jeff. It was really my pleasure. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today series podcasts are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician.